what uh, I wanted to start doing um, just to intro this time is to a discovery that I made as I was studying uh, at one point uh, in Matthew uh, 18, 19. Uh, very familiar scripture uh, to many of us that says, if any two of you agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done unto you. Um, the word there for agree is <coughs> the word sumphaneo, to sound, to sound together. I'm sorry for my cough. I don't have COVID. Um, and you're not you're not in danger um, so Ethel may be doing most of the talking this morning anyway so um, uh, what I've discovered and I've, I've I've done some experiments and I'm going to read one of those experiments here in a moment um, is that um, like we have heard the teaching about the body of Christ, uh, many of those kinds of teachings in the New Testament will translate over to what we know and experience as a symphony. Um, and um, that is a good way for us to understand unity um, and unity through, actually through, not in spite of, but through diversity. Um, in these times, this is a, I, I think it's a fairly timely teaching that we, um, we need um, to understand. Um, and so I, I want to, uh, one of my experiments was to retranslate the last half or several of the verses of 1 Corinthians 12 uh, starting at verse, um, let's see, about verse 14. And you'll, you'll catch the drift of this pretty quickly. It's, it's, uh, not a hard translation to do. Um, starting in verse 14. The symphony is not one member, but many. If the drum shall say, because I am not the piccolo, I am not in the symphony. Is it therefore not in the symphony? And if the strings shall say, because I am not the tuba, I am not a, in the symphony. Is it therefore not? in the symphony if the whole body were a drum where where would the winds be if the whole were strings where would the drums be but now God has set the members, every one of them, in the symphony as it has pleased him. If they were all one instrument, where would the symphony be? But now they are many instruments, yet one symphony. 
and the strings cannot say to the drums, I have no need of you. Although I think there's probably some that would like to say that. <laughs> I ignore uh, the, the winds to the bases, I have no need of you. No, much more those members, those instruments of the symphony that seem to be weaker, more feeble, are necessary. And those members, those instruments in the symphony, which we think to be less honorable, less needed, upon the, these we bestow more abundant honor. And our, the weaker parts have more abundant comeliness. We need them more. For the outside, the outward parts, the big voices have no need. But God has tempered the body, the symphony together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked it. So that there is no division in the symphony, but that the members should have the same care, the same respect, the same honor for one another. Now you are the symphony of Christ. And you are instruments members in particular. As we've begun to teach this in our, in our church and uh, through other media, I have uh, been teaching it on TV and some other places. Um, a light seems to go on because we all enjoy symphonic music and we understand that um it's interesting one of the one of the parts here it says that we are baptized into one symphony by one spirit are we all baptized into one into one body at the, in verse 13 and i was looking at that and i was saying well okay by one score we are all immersed into the symphony into one symphony, paying attention to the score, our part, and each part is different. Some parts are counterpoint, some parts are point, and this is where I'm gonna defer, start deferring here in a moment to Ethel because she has a music degree from Eastman and she serves as my de deacon, so I, I, I'm not worthy. Um, and uh, <laughs> I believe that God has given her a special word about what it means to be in harmony with one another. Um, we are in the symphony together. And we need to pay attention to the score, which is our part. We need to be tuned to a single note, which is the tuning of the spirit uh, in um the symphony, it's to the 440A. Um, and uh, we need to pay attention to the director, to the maestro, the master. 
and what we are hearing, what we're experiencing right now in the church across the world is the maestro having taken the stand and with the baton, we're beginning to hear this. That's the sound of the baton on the, the stand of the maestro as he gets the attention of the symphony. God is getting our attention. That's the purpose of reset. It's the purpose of realignment. And as we tune our hearts to him through prayer, through his word, by his spirit, and we play in his time and in tune with one another, there comes forth a sound that is unified. And the prayer of Jesus in John 17 becomes a lived reality through the diversity and the beauty of the symphony of God. I'm gonna turn it over to Ethel at this point for some of her expertise and finer points. Or different points. Different points, be. that's fine, um, go for it. Okay, Lord, I just, I thank you for these words. I thank you for a structure that we can fit into as the body of Christ, that we are becoming more like you. We are being transformed into your image daily. Yes. As I was contemplating what Phil was going to talk about this morning, I began to think of the nature of sound. In Hebrew, the words for breath and wind and the word for the spirit are all the same, ruach. From the very beginning of time, we learned that the ruach of God hovered over the waters. In Hebrew, Adam did not walk with God in the cool of the evening. God came to Adam walking on the wind, on the ruach. The Ruach stacked up the waters and created dry land in Exodus. The Ruach came to the upper room in Pentecost. Seven, 617 times in the Old Testament alone that word is used. What do we know about wind or sound or the breath? Atmosphere moves. And when it moves, sound is created. Sound is produced when something vibrates. The vibrating body causes the medium, whatever it is, water or air around it to vibrate. And it repeats indefinitely. The wavelength and the speed of the wave determine the pitch or the frequency of the sound. When two waves meet, there can be two kinds of interference patterns, constructive and destructive. Constructive interference is when two waveforms are added together. The peaks add with the peaks and the troughs with the troughs, creating a louder sound. Destructive interference 
occurs when two waves are out of sync with each other. The peaks of one line up with the troughs of the other. In this case, the peaks cancel out the troughs, creating a diminished waveform. For example, if two waveforms are exactly the same, are added together, the amplitude doubles. But when the two opposite waveforms are added, they cancel out, leading to silence. Vibration inside a tube forms a standing wave. A standing wave is the result of the wave reflecting off the end of the tube, whether closed or open, and interfering with itself. When sound is produced in an instrument by blowing it or plucking it, only the waves that will fit in the tube resonate, while other frequencies are lost. The longest wave that can fit in the tube is the fundamental, while other waves are areas of the highest vibration are called antinodes, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, in an open pipe, the ends of the antinode, however, in a pipe closed at one end, that closed end is a node. While the, and then it creates, it creates um, harmonics. It creates overtones. It creates the differences that that we have amongst each other as well as in the sound. If a string is fixed at both ends, such as in a violin, vibrations are formed that are in a standing wave pattern, and overtones are created when frequencies besides the fundamental exist in the musical instrument. If we apply this to the Ruach HaKodesh, we can see that when God's holy breath moves us, we begin to vibrate. Each of us has our own timber and unique overtones, each created in the image of the creator and yet infinitely different from each other. Of course, the Ruach HaKodesh is not the only use of the word Ruach. We are also told of the Kotzer Ruach, the shortness of spirit, of broken spirit, that describes the people of Exodus in Exodus 6-9. They did not listen to Moses because their broken spirit and harsh slavery. In the language of physics, this set up interference from a competing wavelength, a conflicting wave that competes with the fundamental wave, noise. If they are of the same frequency and attitude, they produce silence. Not a stubborn decision of the people not to listen to Moses but destructive silence, they could not hear God. We are living in a fallen world and hence we are constantly guarding against interference from the world that threatens our ability to hear the Ruach. If we are anchored at one end, that's anchored in the word, then like a standing wave, we vibrate on the same frequency as the originator of the wave. We can produce overtones and harmonies that are literally divinely inspired. That is why by executing scripture, by that I mean reading the Bible out loud, where it moves the air, it creates vibration, there is power in that. We invite the Ruach HaKodesh to walk on the wind of our breath and change things. And so when the symphony of the body
is preparing to sound. We listen with all our hearts for the perfect 440A, the Ruach HaKodesh, and our spirits vibrate with it and can repeat infinitely. Amen. Lord, Amen. We, we just lift this up to you, Lord, and, and ask that as sheep listening to the voice of their shepherd, that we each begin to recognize that fundamental tone that the Ruach is breathing through us and allow ourselves to vibrate on the same frequency as his and that we come together with others to amplify and to grow that wave, the sound of that wave until it completely resounds over the whole world. I believe that in, in, when it talks in Revelation about the angel flying between heaven and earth, sounding the trumpet, that this is the kind of trumpet we're talking about. We're talking about the body of Christ amplifying and becoming louder and louder in the world until we are all vibrating on the same wavelength with the Spirit of God. Amen. Many of us have been to a symphony and uh, sat in the audience as they warm up, uh, as they tune, and understand that the reality of that where each instrument is sounding on its own is called cacophony. Oftentimes that's the kind of sound that the world hears from the body from the symphony today because we are not in um, tune with one another, with the 440A, with the Ruach HaKodesh. Uh, we are not in tune with uh, what God is saying in his word, and that is the the purpose of this alignment, this realignment, that uh, we are in a position, a place where we are tuning today, uh, that we are um, being, actually being tuned by the Spirit, I believe, um, that God is at work in ways that uh, are beyond oftentimes our comprehension in calling us to a place of physical unity, of real, visible unity with one another. Um, this Zoom conference call is a, a sacrament of that. It is an outward and visible sign, but it's a, just the sign of what we are experiencing or what we can experience and the real unity of the body of Christ uh, as we come into alignment with, with the word and the spirit. Uh, we are um, asked, we're enabled to um, play a part. Uh, each one of us has a different part. John's part is different from Melody's part. Um, Barbara's part is different from Winnie's part. All of our parts are needed 
all of our parts are important. And each part is given in submission to the timing of the maestro, of the master. Jesus himself is the maestro for our playing. Uh, each one of us needs to play in time. I'm a musician myself, and uh, I and my wife have been playing together for 45 years. Uh, we can um, pretty much feel that timing together. Uh, we find one another because we listen to one another. Um, and um, that's, that's a gift that comes from being together. Um, when we are um, leading in worship, we're tuned to one another before we lead on we're still doing Zoom church right now, and so Val and I lead, uh, or we uh, tune together before we come online um, and are very, very careful. And that's one of the things that uh, that 440A is um, the, the Spirit of God is trying to tune our hearts to Him. We're trying to come to a place where we are when we are moved by the the ruach when we are moved by the wind the breath of god uh, that we are creating a clear sound um, and that the sound is in tune with each other because if they're not in tune those waves i can hear when I tune my guitar, I can hear how far off I am because the wavelength gets longer the, the closer the tuning is to correct. And that, that's something that I didn't know until this morning, Ethel. Um, I just knew about, I just knew about, you know, when I was, if I tune by harmonics on my guitar, I can tell, you can hear the kind of wavelength, um, but the longer that wave gets, the closer you are to being in tune. And that's, um, that's the principle that we're teaching here, is that it's time for us to pay attention to the tuning of our lives, to the spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and the word, spirit and truth, spirit and truth and the more time that we're able to spend uh, in those two places the more our lives are going to be aligned in tune with what the holy spirit is saying and doing And I believe that um, submission to the maestro, uh, we can all be in perfect tune and play out of time and it's still cacophony. 
<laughs> we are absolutely in need of being in submission to the timing of the Lord to act in his time, to act according to his direction, according to the notes that are on our particular part of the score. And it's interesting to me, as I've been to symphonies, I see the maestro has one big score on the podium and he's constantly turning the page because there's only about five measures or so on each page, but it's written up as a score across the whole of the thing with all of the different parts and he can see it visually. He actually sees the music. He actually sees the completed project. He sees the end from the beginning and that's the position of our maestro. Some of this is hot off the wire, guys. I haven't even thought about this kind of stuff. This is, this is what Jesus is doing in our midst right now, is bringing us to a point where we are willing to submit ourselves to his leadership, to his timing, to the way that he has gifted us, taking our gifts and submitting them to him and to the, to the symphony, to the, the body of Christ and bringing them into alignment with all that he is wanting to do. Um, and in, in regard to John 17, I think this is the nuts and bolts of answering that prayer. It's the nuts and bolts. It's how that prayer is being answered today. As we come into an understanding of what the body of Christ is and how we are each important in this mix, this symphoneo, this agreement with one another. And so... I pray that the Lord will give us a, a mighty outpouring of his presence and his spirit and that we will submit to him as, as it comes. We need to be in touch we need to be in touch both with who we are fully. What kind of instrument are you? John's a bass drum. <laughs> some are trumpets, some are cymbals, some are peaceful violins, or, um, you know, the, the, uh, the base um, that provides the floor of the sound uh, in the symphony. Um, each part of us, each part, each one of us play an in independent yet interdependent part in the whole sound. 
and it's all governed by being tuned to one note and by being submitted to the timing of the maestro. Those two things are, it's hard for me to, to, to maximize them. I mean, obviously without either one of those, you have no symphony, you have cacophony. And um, so our prayer is Lord, teach us how to, to be the truest instrument that you've made us, how to play the best that we can. I've been playing guitar for an almost 50 years now. And um, I pray that the Lord, each time that we pray with our worship team, we pray that we would be transparent, that we would be in tune with one another and that we would be uh, able to uh, be to get out of the way. When you go to a symphony, one of the things that happens is that you can close your eyes and you can be transported uh, kind of into the music itself. And, um, you know, if you've gone to a favorite symphony like the Nutcracker or something like that, you can see the visual arts that are going on at the same time as the symphony. If you've watched things like um, the Disney, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie where Disney took the some of the Fantasia? classics. Fantasia. Yeah, Fantasia. Um, um, that's that's you know uh, that's where I learned some of my first symphonic pieces was watching Fantasia, um, and um, so those kinds of things are things that God has is calling us to do. That's part of the reset and the realignment, uh, and I think that this teaching uh, is uh, a necessary thing that we come to understand. Um, that a simple word, a simple word in the New Testament, if the two, if two of you agree, it's interesting that I, I it, it never even occurred to me until I was looking through that verse in the Greek and the word for agreement is symphony. It's symphoneo. The power of agreement is the power of the unity of the body of Christ. And he says, I will do whatever you ask. And so we pray, Lord, as you uh, call us um, to align our hearts, our minds, our instruments with you, during this time of reset and realignment, that we would put our eyes on you. Uh, in an earlier prayer time this morning, it was quoted from 
from Hebrews 12, 1, that we set our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I would again retranslate that, put our eyes on Jesus, the maestro, who has the end and the beginning of the, of the symphony in mind. And all of, he can see all of the pages, he can see all of the score uh, at all times and is keeping us together. We have to watch him keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes, uh, someone asked, uh, we can find the symphony teaching on YouTube. Yes, uh, it is on, actually I'll type it in here, um, on the um, a teaching page called uh, Colorado Praise. Let me type it in. Uh, you can actually go to it on our on a web page. Copraise.org. Um, you can go to YouTube and search Colorado Praise uh, and subscribe to the page there. Um, and uh, we've got over a hundred. 15 minute videos on prayer with various teachers and pastors from the Denver area. Um, and it's called push, pray until saturation happens. Push, P-U-S-H, pray until saturation happens. Um, and uh, you can see those on the Colorado Pray, CO Praise, website or you can access them on YouTube searching for Colorado Praise. We're part of the America Praise movement um, and uh, working towards 24-7 uh, prayer like uh, Jason Hubbard has in Bellingham for the state of Colorado with 2200 churches. Um, so I'm the convener for that group uh, and uh, one of the hosts for PUSH, our program. So um, there's a lot there. Um, so we'll, we, we just do a teaching. It's only a 15-minute teaching. It's not a great depth. Actually, we've had more time this morning to, dis to discuss this than um, so. Uh, Zaim, where will this will this be on the ten days website as well when you finish the YouTube? So let me let me jump in here. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Sot Scrivener, and um, Jonathan is enjoying some much needed rest and relaxation. <laughs> Amen. In a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, the two sessions flowed so seamlessly, so I didn't jump in on the front end to uh, introduce Father Phil, and uh, but we'd love to. Uh, and um, John from Connecticut, I see you have your hand up. So do you want to lead in with the uh, first one? Yeah, I, I, Father Phil, I just want to add one dimension to it, to your beautiful uh, teaching. Go for it. Uh, the, other, the other night I was, uh, the other day I was on a prayer call and uh, the word frequency came and, and the Lord quickened in me and he <laughs> reminded me. In fact, I laughed out loud 
And he laughed too, because he reminded me that in the military, one of the jobs I had was a radio operator. And, you know, had, having to do Morse code and, and everything else. And, and a lot of people don't, they think just as you, you hear clear sounds like this on a radio, but when you're on a radio frequency as a, as a radio operator, uh, there's a lot of what they call QRQ and QRM. It's, it's interference. And, and what, what you have to learn how to do is zero beat the frequency. So um, you're hearing other codes coming in from other places. So you have to pick out that code that that sender is sending to you. And, and because of familiarity, when you're speaking to each other through code, there are different frequencies and different sounds. So you're able to pick out somebody transmitting from hundreds of miles away that what that word that he's speaking to you and yet of course you have, you have to, to to be able to interpret the dots and dashes and and everything else and and so what the lord was putting on my heart was that um you know, all this distortion all the freak we have to focus that's that's the thing that that, that and and it's so much in a frequency if you're going to really appreciate it you really have to pay close attention uh to what you're hearing and you have to remove the interference, the other sounds that are coming in, if you're gonna really appreciate the fullness of the word. So I just thought you might wanna add that or think about adding that to your Great. discussion. <laughs> Thanks, John. I knew you were a bass drum. I knew it. <laughs> well, I, I blow the shofar. I thought maybe you'd at least go. That works. <laughs> there you go, that works. I love it. Any other questions? Or comments. I'd, I'd like to uh, just ask a, a follow-up question because it was such a wonderful, picturesque illustration of a reality, and I'm wondering if you've got some a couple of examples of how you've seen that harmonic convergence, how you've seen that come together um, in in your ministry, in life, in your work to uh, bring different congregations together. It's interesting there are, uh, as I think about that, I hadn't really thought about those kinds of things much, but um, each congregation, uh, congregations are like individuals. So individuals have giftings and callings, so do congregations have giftings and callings. Um, and, um, so again, it, it is uh, an under, the understanding that the, the body of Christ, the, the symphony is made up of different groupings of instruments. Uh, Ethel can talk about this, I'm sure, but um, there are different, there, within the violins, there are first violins, there are second violins, you know, there are different different groups that play different kinds of of roles different kinds of of music point counterpoint uh different harmonies those kinds of things um and it's all um based uh the the the, the groupings um are um kind of like what i would say is the church uh, i've been working towards the unity and <laughs> <clears throat> prayer for 35, 30, 35 years here in the Denver area. 
um, and um, have come to really appreciate the differences between churches. Um, and I, I don't see churches, I don't see denominations necessarily as a bad thing. I, I feel like, you know, they're they're a um, uh, a, uh, a sacrament uh, of the differences that we have with one another. Um, you know, most of you probably don't uh, worship in a Catholic or an Anglican church, um, uh, uh, but uh, there's those uh, on a uh, those of us along the uh, in this group that are part of our church, and um, we have a deep love for for liturgy. We have a deep love for order. We have a deep way of of praying uh, that is um, four to five hundred years old, maybe older um, in some instances. Um, and uh, we have a set of uh, we have a prayer for almost everything. Um, uh, and it's written down and, uh, um, you know, we, uh, have used those prayers in our own life, uh, to bring us into tune, uh, early on in our own life at resurrection. Uh, one of the things that we struggled with was being outward facing. And so we began to tune our hearts through prayer to uh, a mission and, and uh, facing outwardly. And we found a prayer in our prayer book, that's on page 101 in the, in the prayer book that says, uh, actually, Barbara, you, are you able to, to, are you able to speak yet? <laughs> I don't know. No, she, she, her, she, her, she doesn't have her, her mic on. Okay. Yeah, but it, there's a prayer in the, the prayer for mission. And Barbara is famous uh, here. Barbara Parvin is famous among us for having memorized a lot of these. We call them collects. They're, they're prayers that collect our thoughts together. And this is one of the ones that we prayed was... Um, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us with your spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. We prayed that prayer as a congregation for almost two years. We put it on little magnetic cards that you could put on your on your uh, dashboard or on your refrigerator. Uh, we had it everywhere. And everyone in our church has it memorized. It's like memorizing the word. There's a way in which we get the word inside of us and it begins to tune our hearts. It begins to tune our spirits to what God wants to be saying to us. And that's the harmony that we're talking about, Sad, I think. Uh, that's really the harmonization 
that we have with one another because as we began to pray that prayer, the Lord began to answer that prayer. And we began to see an outreach that was natural. We began to see an outreach that was normal, normal Christian life. As we walk day by day into the world and encounter people in their needs, Lord, clothe us with your spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. That's great. I, I really, I really appreciate and like that. It's like identifying a need or a longing or a deficiency and then finding something within your culture yes. that comes from the word, comes from the truth, and then mutually agreeing to seed it and waiting for God to give the increase. So I think that was very, a very good example. Thank you very much. You're and, uh, Hal, Hal Lindhart, I see you have your hand up. Why don't you uh, chime in with another question or comment? Okay. Um, I'm next week's teacher, and I thought I was going to teach this week, but Phil was probably interpreting the schedule better than I. <laughs> and so I stayed on, and I really enjoyed the teaching, Phil. Thank it's you. interesting, the continuity that God always has. Uh, like you say, he's the... Uh, score master he's the conductor he sees the end from the beginning so next week i'm going to talk to you about faith which is basically hearing god's voice and i remember when i was a high school trumpet player not very good i might add i got the uh, the scolding look of my band teacher because i was not paying attention to him and i didn't come in at the right time or i played the wrong note and you know <clears throat> So it's interesting, the, the necessity to be conscious that God is speaking. And uh, if I can play my little part right, of course, then the unity of the body of Christ comes closer to being fulfilled like Jesus prayed in John 17. So I'm, uh, I'm getting a yes and amen in my spirit on your teaching and <laughs> what I hope to say well next week. I love it. Yeah, I've decided that high school bands are the way that God creates grace and patience amongst those of us who go to listen to them. Yeah, ones who listen have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, patience and kindness. Yeah, interestingly, I played the same instrument. <laughs> I played the same instrument in high school, junior high and high school was uh, my my instrument was the trumpet as well. So I understand fully. When I get to heaven, I'm going to have Gabriel There's give also... me some private tutoring. There you go. Ethel? There's a correlation between personality and the instrument you choose, too. <laughs> oh, so, well, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Father Phil? Yes, Sharon. I just wanted to jump in a minute as a musician myself. Um, I'm a vocalist, but um, I've taught instruments in schools and, and um, had years of teaching. And um, you can have the instrument, but if you don't pick it up, you can have the violin, but if you never take the bow 
and pull it across the strings, you're not going to make a sound. Right. Um, you have to have action uh, in order to play any instrument. If it's a woodwind, you have to have the air and you have to develop um, the technique of, uh, of breathing and support for the instrument. And it takes practice and it takes action and doing. And um, I just see that as a part of the symphony. If the players don't practice and don't work to develop their skills, then the, the harmonies don't develop as well. And, right. um, and you're only as strong as your, your um, uh, person with the least ability in the orchestra. <laughs> um, in a band, you, you, um, you're really in trouble if your drummers are out of sync. Um, <laughs> And, and all of these, I, I look at you, Father Phil, um, as our leader and um, head maestro, and you don't just stand there still. Um, you go out. You're active in our community. And that's one of the beautiful things about you and you're collecting players and musicians and people in the congregation. You're cultivating and helping those people to grow. And that's something I really appreciate about you. And you're also nurturing other ministers and people in our community and prayer providing, helping us to grow through these teachings and, and prayer opportunities. And I just give thanks for you and Thank for you. others um, that are joining us and, and leading us. God yeah, these will have... uh, lead us as we go. Um, I kept hearing this morning, my musician brain, Lead me, Lord, lead me in your righteousness. Make thy way plain unto my face. For it is thee, Lord, thee, Lord only, that makest me dwell in safety. Amen. And Thank I just pray that for all, all of you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, for, God um, bless you. You're giving spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. I think uh, nestled in her great compliment to you, she obviously, through your example, has identified some other key components to being able to be a father or to facilitate this, which it sounds like a great humility and an aspiration to see growth and prosperity in others' lives and others' ministries. And I think it's, uh, it's worth highlighting that because... It sounds as though you probably wouldn't have, uh, have said that you do that yourself, but I think it's great that we just had a, an example of someone giving testimony that that attribute 
is very important to this reality and that it's exemplified in someone that they uh, they see and know. So I think that's uh, that's worth it. Well, we're getting uh, Thank you. close to our time. Um, did you have any final words you wanted to share or sh shall we uh, wrap up in, in, in a couple of prayers, maybe uh, myself and then you can close? That's fine. Let's go ahead and do that. Wonderful. Um, so, Lord, I, I thank you very much for this powerful illustration and example. Um, in Romans, it says that your invisible attributes are seen in the creation. And you've showed us a powerful um, observation that we can see and, and, in this case, hear and recognize through, through our senses and through our lives and speak to us about truths that exist in your spiritual realm and in you as the creator. And so, firstly, thank you very much. Um, a much-needed example, this type of contemplation, to be able to observe and hear and understand and think about. So right now, I pray right now over, over the airwaves to the people who will tune in later, I pray that you would release grace and power from your spirit for this type of contemplation, the space, the open space that's required to hear the shepherd's voice, the time and the, the peace and the, the security that comes from your cross that we can be still and recognize you and expect you to bring us into a, a proper tuning and into alignment. And I also pray that security that comes from the, the shed blood of Jesus and his cross, security to be corrected, security to, to hear from him that we're out of tune and to accept his loving hand to bring us back into that right place. And, uh, before we turn it over to you, Father Phil, I pray blessing as a younger generation, blessing and blessing and blessing upon you. We pray that the last 35 years of labor would come back in a greater measure with a spirit of might to continue on and with increased wisdom and counsel and increased favor with God and man. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Seth. It's such a privilege to be on with you all. Uh, I've come to over the 10 days and in these last couple weeks, um, grown to uh, love your faces. Someday we're going to meet John in heaven and do a little dance, I think. Uh, Hal as well. And um, Winnie, I can hardly wait to meet you uh, and um, others that are... Um, Blessings. that are regulars uh, on these prayer calls. So just let me uh, close with a blessing and uh, a closing prayer. Father, we, um, we commit our way to you. We look to you and trust. We lean not on our own understanding, but look to you as the maestro for the score that you are writing for us, each one for you, for the score that you are writing for us as the, as the body of Messiah in the world. 
And we pray that you would give us your grace to be attentive to uh, tuning our hearts to your word and to your spirit and to um, paying attention to what you are doing as you direct us as the master, as the maestro, as the one with the whole story in view. Uh, we pray, and these days we know that you are doing much more than we can see or ask or imagine. And so we, we give ourselves heart, soul, body to you, Lord, in new ways. And, and each day as you call us to uh, the adventure, uh, as our young sister prayed in the last hour. You call us to the adventure, Lord Jesus. Help us to be willing each day. Help us to be available to you. Help us to be obedient when you call. Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus from generation to generation. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you now and forever. Amen. Just one Amen. last word. I know that many of you uh, spend all day on YouTube uh, and you have may, maybe have noticed that there is a, a song that's coming forth on YouTube right now um, called The Blessing. It's from number six, <laughs> the original Blessing. Uh, and it's been rewritten by... Uh, Cody Carnes and, and Carrie Joby um, to a song that has been picked up now by over 100 nations. Uh, if you spend some time, it will bless you. Uh, and I believe that this is, uh, this is a, a wave of symphonic word that is coming to us. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Phil, and thank you, Ethel, for sharing, and to everybody attending. We look forward to next time. And uh, obviously, we'll have this posted on the 10 Days YouTube channel. And Great. other than that, everybody prosper in the spirit. Amen. Be filled with the love of God. Amen.